0: Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. Today, we have a special guest. And just to give you a little backstory, it's kind of like ironic that we've crossed paths because you guys have heard me talk about being fearless over and over and over again. But today, we have Jacqueline, and I'm going to deem her the fearless boss. Welcome to the show, Jacqueline.
1: How are you doing today? Great to be here. Thank you. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. And yes, fearless is a good label. I'll go with it. Cool, cool. So, I mean, for those that can't
0: see the video and you just listen to the audio, uh, kind of members of, of the book club, you should see her background. Like she has like 10,000 books, like literally on, on these bookshelves behind her. So let's just dive into this story a little bit. Like,
1: who are you? All right. Who am I? Is a very good question. I've been asking that most of my life. But um, if we're looking at who am I in terms of what I do, I uh, I coach executive women, entrepreneurs, millennials, a bunch of people on how to become and really get their fearless on. And what does that mean is about teaching them how to take the next step and then the next step and then the next step, getting out of a mindset and behaviors that may be getting in the way of, of who they are and who they want to be. And a lot of it has been based on my own life story of several decades of getting my own fearless on and figuring how to take the next step on many, many different occasions throughout the decades.
0: Gotcha. So, I mean, that, that's kind of like a, a solid segue, right? So that you're in a hell of a niche, right? It's one thing to be a coach. It's one thing to be a, a business coach, but you're like a fearless coach. That's, that's like a very detailed niche. Like how did you even get into that spectrum, into that space?
1: Well, that's the story really. It's, it's about how did I deal with my own fear? in order to become the expert on fear and it started at a very early age because i grew up in a family where there was a lot of violence there was sexual abuse there was all kinds of stuff so fear was really embedded at a very very early age about running and hiding and making sure that you observe the behavior around you so that uh you could kind of you know figure out what was coming next. You could telegraph what was coming next and get out of the way. So I learned that at a very, very early age. And I've put myself through a lot of different scenarios in, in life. Left school at 15, left home at 16, moved to, from Scotland to London, and uh, then went through a series of, of events that children born adopted, blah, 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 mm-hmm. drugs, alcohol, you know, I ran the whole gamut of wow. what the things you're not supposed to do in your life, because they give you grief. And there, it was a lot of it based on fear. It was the, the fear of, of basically what was going to happen next, and, and the wrong stuff happened. So I've done a lot of transitions throughout my life. And so we'll start with just a chronological Scotland, London. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Paris, Amsterdam, New York, Bali, San Francisco again, back to Northern California. That's the the circular route of of my life over the last few decades. And in between, there was a lot of challenges that had to be overcome that were primarily fear-based. And uh, I had to learn how to deal with it. And so... The learning that i got from writing books making music taking up martial arts uh all kinds of and, and the travels and landing in places where i couldn't speak the language where i had i knew nobody all of those things were the foundation for what became in my 50s frankly when i started my business and it was a business started on nothing more than a good idea which has been a theme for my life. Seems like a good idea, right or wrong. You figure it out as you go along. And, uh, you know, there it was. So I took training in how to be a coach, but that was about it. And then they said, well, what's your niche? And I said, fearless. Hmm. Because I am being fearless, and I have been fearless. And I've done stuff that most people look at, and they go, oh, I wouldn't go there. Yeah, well, I did. And right or wrong, you figure it out as you go along. So The Fearless Factor was my first book. And I wrote it primarily as a credential because I had no background that I could relate to or other people could relate to like corporate backgrounds or building a business or whatever. i had done the opposite of that. i would lived my life very horizontally. So there's a piece in there about, you know, again, being fearless is a courage to take the next step. And I had lots of experience in that. And that became what you want to teach other people how to do. Take wow. so that, that's, a, that's a hell
0: of a journey. So I'm just, just thinking about, it. so you're saying like you, you didn't even start this side of your business venture until you were about 50. So 50 years prior till, like, let's just start off
1: in like the, the beginning. Like, where were you born? What, what, like, what country were you born in? I was born in Edinburgh, Scotland. Okay. And said, it's like the Port of Leith, which is right by the docks. My dad was a dock worker. And my mother put whiskey labels on whiskey balls. That was the family that I grew up in. my dad was an alcoholic, so gave you you know something to to think about right there but um yeah, that's where it started and then, as I said, I moved to London when I was sixteen. I knew nobody i didn't have any money i didn't have a job, and I had a boyfriend who the first night I was there decided to let me know who was boss, and I let him know that I was leaving period, and you know the saga continues and It was, there was a lot of adventures, put it that way. Um, And a lot of it was born out of basically stupidity Mm. uh, until I started to get a bit smarter. But the business of creating a business, of becoming my own boss, and I love your title of being boss uncaged, Mm. learning how to uncage myself as a professional has also been part of the journey. And that's another piece that I can speak to people about in terms of the insecurity, the self-doubt, the lack of confidence, the feeling like you need more credentials, you know, in order for you to step out into the world and be taken seriously. That's, that's a lot of what people get caught up in. And I certainly did.
0: So, I mean, just just talking about credentials, I mean, obviously, you had a business career to a certain extent before you started your fearless journey of coaching, right? And -hmm. I think one of them was he was a master facilitator, and that was in Bali. Let's talk about that a little bit, because, I mean, obviously, that's part of who you are as part of your journey to becoming fearless. So let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, excuse me, that was um, I need to shake some water just a minute. That actually came after I started this business, taking people to Bali. I built a house in Bali back at the early part of the 2000s. And originally, we thought it was going to be a family vacation home because we were living in Paris at the time. And realized about six months into it that we were building a business. And it was a business that I'd never been in, the hospitality business. And I was building what amounted to a five-star luxury villa and we had a staff of at the time 11 people and I had to train them from the ground up to you know not only learn the English language but to deal with you know housekeeping service food and beverage you know all the things that go into operating a, a piece and I was dealing with village people I was dealing with people who had no experience so there was me with no experience and them with no experience and having to figure out how to make that happen well eventually I used that as a base for retreats for small groups of women, mostly highly accomplished women Uh who uh, came to to be with me for a week and I would take them on a journey of Uh self-discovery through the work that I had created. So that's the master facilitator piece right there. Um, I'm a a real no bullshit person. I truly believe that if you're going to change then let's get real, let's get honest. And that journey is hard for a lot of people, you know, Mm -hmm. because we have so many stories about who we think we are and getting caught up in a negative mindset that you have to break down those barriers. And that's what a lot of the the work was about in those retreats was let's start breaking down barriers. Um, Not easy work, but if you're willing to show up for it fearlessly Mm -hmm. courage to take the next step then great things happen so these became very transformational and and that was um credit to not only the work that i had created but to the women who participated because it it was asking a lot and i ask a lot of my clients anyway so you come to me with a story and i'll tell you in a heartbeat if it's bullshit or not Hmm. Hmm. and uh that's what it's all about
0: nice nice
1: so yeah so i
0: mean And and again, I'm just I'm just I'm just laying the foundation for the past to kind of build up into this. Right. So if you could define yourself in three to five words, I mean, obviously, I think fearless goes without saying what three to five words would you choose to define yourself?
1: Practical. No bullshit. uh, Grounded. uh, Strong. And. I would say very capable, very capable. I mean, I'm, I'm adventurous. I, I definitely want to challenge myself over and over again. I'm never finished with, with that piece.
0: Great, great. So let's just dive into your business a little bit. So you have this fearless brand and you're coaching people and taking them on journeys on, and educating them on how to be successful in being fearless. So what services comes along with that? Like What are you delivering to your clientele?
1: So what I will deliver to my clientele is there's a lot of educational pieces. So, for instance, I've just recently, uh, last year, created a six-week fearless change program that is designed as a space for um, accomplished women, for the most part, uh, who are in different fields, to come together and open themselves up and be vulnerable to whatever changes that need to be made. And supported by coaching and educational content that I helped create with an instructional designer. So we talk about inner, the inner game, which is developing your your belief, or looking at your belief systems, looking at your mindset, looking at your behavior. We also create a plan for what actions you're going to take to change that up. We look at your communication habits. Most people are lousy communicators. They don't really know how to under, you know, have the conversations and so forth. So we take them on a journey through their communication style. We also take them on a journey of how to be authentic in the world and how to build your resilience and your resourcefulness so that you can deal with challenging times and so forth. I also take them to into the influence piece. What's your, your power base? What are your allies? Who are your allies and how are you? how are you being influential in the world? Because being an influencer is, is far more of a piece than being just an influence. Uh, and then ultimately, if you're going in for career transition uh, or even any kind of life transition, we've got a format for them to work through. So there's a lot of exercises, there's a lot of insights, there's a lot of time for reflection. And as we know, a lot of the change process is involved in reflection which is why each chapter of my books, both The Fearless Factor and The Fearless Factor at Work, have what I call a deep dive. It's a series of questions that are designed to get you to think about, who am I? What matters to me? Where am I going? What's getting in the way? Hmm. And then find the solution for yourself. Because it's not about giving people answers. It's about giving them the questions so that they can find the answers for themselves.
0: Wow. I mean, that's definitely... That, that's I would say that's, that's kind of like an academy, right? It's an academy that's itemized out to steer the right mindset in becoming fearless, which is it's very powerful stuff. So on this journey of educating and coaching and stirring people in the right direction of becoming fearless, you've probably had some crazy adventures on this, right? You may have had some Experiences that most people wouldn't experience in that in that sector. So, what is the most craziest thing that you've experienced dealing with a with a customer in that space on educating them on how to become fearless?
1: Well, I don't know if it's a crazy experience, but mm-hmm. I once had a client who was the CEO of a company and said, "Absolutely, I need to change. Things are not working for me. I need to put the time in." We had uh, a three month contract to start with. Mm-hmm. Well, by the time I got through to the second month with her, nothing had changed. And now this was highly unusual for me because I can usually break through the stuff within a couple of weeks at least so that people can start to reframe and start to think about how they're approaching whatever the situations are. But this woman was completely entrenched in holding on to habits that were not serving her. And at two months, I started to think to myself, is it me? Is it my coaching? Am I doing a bad job? You know, you start to, to question your, your own thing. And I realized, no, this was all about her. So I ended up firing her. I said, you know, you're wasting your money, you're wasting your time, and you're wasting my time, frankly. Because um, if you're not going to do the work, there's no point in being here. So, you know, there are times, and I've done this more than once in my life, where you have to fire a client because they're just not showing up to do the work. And again, I don't stand for any bullshit. And, and that's the first thing. And, and I don't work for everybody either because there's some people who want their hand held. I'm not a hand holder. I'm like, okay, come in. Tell me your story. What do you want to do? All right, let's look at what you need to do to move beyond that. So that's why I talk about being changing fast. Because I took years to get over my bullshit and I want to help people get past theirs in the shortest amount of time because you don't need to hang around with this stuff.
0: I could definitely appreciate that because I mean, to your point, a lot of people, not necessarily a full of bullshit, but they're full of the drama and they don't know how to release that drama to move on to become more positive, And they stay in the negative Nancy mindset and don't realize like that's what's holding them back. That's their anchor. And they have to cut that shit loose and sail free. So I definitely commend you in that spectrum because that's not easy work telling somebody that they have baggage and telling them like, this is what you need to do to change your baggage. And they've been doing it for 20 years, 10 years. Like that's asking for a heart attack and stroke, just dealing with that drama in itself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it can have that effect. (laughs) It's like, well, you want me to do what? You want me to unpack all this stuff? It's like, Yeah. yeah. But one of the things I'm well known for is I create a very safe environment for people to do that. You know, um, I have a, a very strong personality. You can clearly see that right now. But um and going to say it doesn't work for everybody. But for those who want, you know, somebody says she's a truth teller and an ass kicker. That's what she does. You know, she'll tell you the truth and she'll kick your ass if you're not going to go the way that you, she thinks you should be going.
0: So, <laughs> I, I can what visually can I see? see you. I can visually see you. Like I'm telling you the truth. Turn around, and kick them dead in the ass. Now get out there <laughs> and get the work done. That's that's definitely funny. So you're a business, right? I mean, are you more of a a an S corp, a C corp, a LLC, or you're a combination of both?
1: I'm an LLC,
0: sole proprietor LLC. Yeah, Yep. yep.
1: Okay.
0: yeah. Is there any particular reason why why you're structured in in that fashion versus any of the others?
1: You know, at the beginning, I knew nothing about nothing. I'll be honest with you. You know, it was like, we're just going to figure this out as we, we go along. I, I've i been riding by the seat of my pants forever. You know, it's like I jump into stuff and I go, oh, how does this work? And it works or it doesn't work. You know, so I set the company up as an LLC, figuring this sounds reasonable. Let's do that. So that, that's where it stayed. Yeah. Gotcha. So we always
0: hear about the the perception of something that's a 20-year success to be perceived as an overnight success story. And you just alluded to like, you know, you didn't start this journey until you were 50, right? So it's just before, actually. 54, all right, yeah. so one, that, that's a testament to people that are like in their 30s talking about they don't know what the hell the next steps are, their life is over, and by all means, you could still make changes, you could still step forward, and you could still be highly successful in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, it really doesn't matter. So I, definitely for you, I, you're a living example of that. So yeah. in in this journey, like how long did it take you to get currently to where you are right now?
1: I've been at this now for 15 years. Wow. So that gives you an idea of just how close I'm getting to the seventh decade at this point. <laughs> So, but I, I'm definitely of a mind that, you know, age is all about attitude and yeah. uh, you know, it's just a number. I mean, I've been, I've been incredibly physical all my life with mm. martial arts, with CrossFit, with, mm. with other things that, you know, just keep me moving. Mm. So uh, I like to think that I'm in better condition than a lot of folks my age, frankly. But um, I think it's got to do with the mindset issue, too. Mm. I think it really is about how do we, how do we keep the right attitude? about what we're doing mm-hmm. and there were many times that during this last 15 years where i was like where's where's the clients where's the money you know it's like yeah they're they're not coming so when they talk about you know success and clearly marketing is perception let's face it you know it's like you can look great on the page but you might not have a whole lot of substance going on in the background you mm-hmm. know Um, but there was lean years and then there was really great years. And this is the nature of this business. It's, it's the swings and roundabouts. And if you are, if if you're feeling like you, you don't have the strength for it, because frankly, this takes a lot of strength to keep Mm -hmm. standing up every day and believing that you can make something out of it. And I just spent 2020 reinventing yet again, the whole Fearless Factor brand and thinking about programming, thinking about how I can serve people differently uh, and how is that going to be working because we're now in a virtual situation. So I could have sat there and said, well, where did all the clients go? Because my biggest client decided that that they were done for now. And uh, so I, I thought, well, okay, I can sit here and feel sorry for myself or I can decide to get up and create something different. And that's what I did. And so I invested a great deal and everything you're looking at today has been created in the last year.
0: Nice, nice. I mean, I love that. I love the fact that, like you're saying, like you're you're going on to the, the seventh decade, but it's a 100% mindset. I could totally see you being 110 and having as much spunk as you have right now, kicking someone in the ass, telling them how they should be focused and what they need to do. And the thing is, is the, as you get older, is the more experience you have to be able to put those cards on the table and depict a clear... Funnel to say how to get to the, the, the promised land, how to get to that next level. So I yeah. uh, definitely I definitely uh, appreciate it. I'm, I'm enjoying this conversation, if you haven't noticed, by, <laughs> by the way, right? So thinking about this from a standpoint, if you can go back, right? Because you're saying you, you kind of started this when you were 50. If you can go back, let's say you could time travel. Is there one thing that you would want to do differently if you could do it all over again?
1: Yeah, I think I would probably want to get a, a real clear found business yeah. sense foundation you know how to run a business as opposed to you know bits here and there I mean I, I wasted so much money over the, the, the early years just mm. you know well that looks like a good idea let's go chase that mm. and they've got some ideas that might help me to get there and it turned out it w- was not where I needed to be mm. and you know I've had this conversation with many coaches and they go yep Yep. I mean, if I look at, at what I spent in the early days, you know, it's a hundred thousand dollars disappeared overnight. And then you look at that and you go, what did you get for it? So the, the developing of a clear business acumen would be my journey backwards.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Great. So
0: let's just kind of travel again. Right. Do you remember or recall anyone in the first 50 years before you kind of dove into this space, were you influenced by any entrepreneurs in your family or was it somebody that you knew that kind of given you the entrepreneurial bug?
1: I think there's an entrepreneurial mindset doesn't necessarily translate into being an entrepreneurial business, Mm -hmm. but I definitely had nobody in my family that came even close to, to what I've managed to achieve in my lifetime. Um, including going to college. I was the first one to go to college in, in my entire network of family. Um, so, and that came later in life. It didn't didn't happen early. Uh, and then again that was a choice to mm-hmm. to go back and get educated. So um, if I look at individuals that I admired over the years, mm-hmm. they had a lot of um they had a lot of energy and and passion for what they were doing. Uh, and I don't know that I fully recognized it at the time. I just thought they were interesting people mm. and they looked like they were doing some really cool stuff. Uh, and so maybe at a later point when it became obvious that you know it was time for me to do something. And and you know, again, I'm very transparent. I like to, to you know, what you see is what you get. Yes. Um, I was fairly comfortable wealth-wise for a long time because I married into it. So I had the occasion to just raise the family, do the things I wanted to do, make music, write books, travel the world, blah, blah, blah. I had a great life for a long time until suddenly the money wasn't there anymore. So you're like, okay, what are you going to do now? And that's really what drove me to starting my own coaching business. It was like, what do you think you'd be good at? And I had a coach at the time who said, you'd be great as a coach because of all your experiences. Nice. And I thought, well, the hell, I ain't doing anything else at this point. So <laughs> let's give it a go, see what happens. And I really found my calling. I mean, it was just, this is it. This is what gets me out of bed in the morning. This is what mm-hmm. would, if you woke me up at three in the morning and said, I have a problem. I'd be like, okay, let me tell you how to get your head around that one. Huh.
0: Hmm. It's very, very, very interesting. And I mean, I think it's one of those things, again, going back to like our listeners, right? If you're on a journey, and you're trying to figure things out, it doesn't matter if you're 18, or if you're 50. Like there is a solution to that problem. You just have to seek out that solution to get those answers. And once you start understanding the answers and accepting the answers, then you can actually be open to transition into the next phase. And that's 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 what you're delivering. I mean, on this entire episode, that's the message that that I'm getting from you. And and again, I appreciate that because people need to understand and to need to take heed to what you're saying. So Going into like your, like your family, right? You're you're saying that you're married, right? So how do you currently or have you juggled your work life with your family life?
1: Well, my kids, by the time I started this, were, uh, you know, either in college uh, or high school. Uh, So I was kind of relieved of, of the burden of being there every day for motherhood. Uh, and I have been a very independent woman and wanted my girls specifically to be independent and uh raise them that way. So when they went off to college, I would have to remember to call them. <laughs> they never called me and I never called them. So it's like, as long as I don't hear from you, you're doing fine. Um So, uh, you know, getting on with my own work has always has been relatively easy even when they were kids and i was writing my first book and my first book tw- took 12 years to write it was a semi autobiographical novel um i would say to them if the door's closed you can't come in if the door's open you can come in and they learned how to to respect that. And, you know, I would have my time compartmentalized for the different roles I was doing. So I've been very fortunate in that the the kids who are now adults, uh, my oldest is 45 and my youngest is 30. So, uh, and they all had very different parenting experiences. Uh, And that's, that's a whole other story unto itself uh, right there. So um, yeah, I mean, It's never gotten in the way of anything, frankly. Gotcha. So I think you alluded to
0: something. I mean, earlier on, you said you were the first person in your family to go to college. And then you just said that, you know, both your kids went to college. So, I mean, in being that you're an entrepreneur, do you think college was like something that supported currently where you are? Or is that more so a journey to kind of find out what you want to do?
1: For me, going to college was, uh, you know, it was inspired by, I'd just given up my first child for adoption. I got pregnant when Mm -hmm. I was 19, didn't know who the father was. And I had her for about three months. And then I gave her up for adoption because it's clear it wasn't going to work. And the woman who'd handled that said to me, I think you're smarter than you you think. And this was really the first opening for me of the fact that I might actually have a brain in my head that was worth Mm -hmm. thinking about literally um so she encouraged me to go go back to school and for me that meant in england i had to go do something called uh o and a levels that's what you would usually do between 15 and 18 in the english school system well i didn't have my o levels and i didn't have my a levels but i managed to bullshit my way in to forget the o levels we'll just do a levels and I got the A-levels, and then I, I was encouraged to go to college. So it was really, the going to college piece for me was about some kind of proof that I had a brain in my head, because okay. I grew up with a message that I wouldn't amount to anything. And I grew up with people who were semi-literate. Uh, okay. So there was no books in the house. There was you know nothing that really encouraged any kind of intellectual curiosity. And yet I've been intellectually curious my entire life. You know, when I was a child, I would read the dictionary because I wanted to learn new words, you know. And um, so there's always been that curiosity piece. And curiosity is one of the big pieces of my work. I want people to be curious. Be curious about why you do what you do. Be curious about what matters to you. Be curious about what's possible for your future and be curious about where you are right this minute this very second in this reality because this is reality right now past is gone futures not here yet this is your only reality so get curious about what is it that's going on for you so education for me became really really important but even after i got my college degree i still wasn't convinced that i was that smart um oh but uh over the years i've learned what a myth that was and and you know again the stories we tell ourselves because that's really what this work i do is all about what's the story you tell about yourself Hmm. uh and then how do you change that story that becomes the, the bigger piece uh so seeing my kids my kids went to top universities in this country and uh I see them now. One of them is a senior software engineer who entrepreneurially started her own business at the age of 24. Nice. To create an app that was eventually bought out by a government entity. And uh, she's 33 years old and just bought herself a million dollar plus home. Nice. You know, you just kind of look at that and you go, I must have done something right, you know. Um, Of course, she has a father too, so he had something to do with it. But, um, and the other one went to college and left after the second year and ended up in the, uh, being an executive pastry chef. And she's much happier doing that than she would have been getting an education. So to the point about education, it's been a big factor in our family. Mm. Punishment for my kids was taking their books away. Mm. That was it. You know, if if you're acting out, books are coming out of your room. That's it. Interesting. So what was your major while you was in school? Um, History. And I specialized Mm -hmm. in medieval history because I love the idea of heretics. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: that is so interesting and crazy at the same time. It's like, that's (laughs) way over here, and you're like way on the other spectrum. But I think in that process, you were conquering fear the entire way. I mean, in that tidbit that you just said, you dealt with adoption, right? You dealt with yeah. going to school and then and, and just figuring out what you wanted to do in school. And then even with, with your kids later on, they've kind of went through something similar as well. Like one daughter was going to school, but then she became a top chef. And the other daughter figured out how to like create an application and get it sold. It's like this crazy how these journeys and these forks and these roads happen. But on every single journey that you depicted, there is an opportunity to conquer fear at every single step of the process. Yeah. So with that, I mean, do you think before you knew that you were going to dive into fear, were you sprinkling parts of those elements to your kids and to yourself
1: without even knowing that you were doing that? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I was very conscious of of the fact that, you know, that was that. I mean, I remember my kids being like five, seven years old and uh, we were living in LA at the time and they were going to take a class after school. And I said, well, you can walk to this, this class meant they had to cross Sunset Boulevard, which is a pretty big boulevard. So, um, and everybody said, oh, you can't expect them to cross the street by themselves. And I said, why? There's lights. They wait for the lights. And then they cross the road and they're fine. And I will come and get them. And I did the same thing in Paris when my kids had to get on a bus to go to school. And I put my seven-year-old on a, on a municipal bus. And I said, don't forget where you've got to get off. And off she went to school. And people would say to me, She's only seven years old. And I would go, yeah, she's got a brain in her head. She can figure it. So teaching them to be fearless in their own way, and they talk about it now as adults. They say, yeah, we, we got a lesson from you about taking chances. And, you know, there's a lot of other stories that I'm not at liberty to talk about, but they saw from certain instances that this piece about being fearless or, being, or dealing with the fear hmm. was a very big piece of the overall arc of not only my life, hmm. but in some instances, their life too. Hmm.
0: Definitely very interesting. So I'm very interested in figuring out, okay,
1: what does your morning routines look like, your morning habits? So I get up usually around 5.30. And between 5 and 5.30, and the first thing I'll do is I'll check in and see what the headlines are on the news. Then I sit down and I have a journal, and it's a gratitude journal. And I usually write a page in my gratitude journal. Um, I will also – I do brain exercises. So I have these little puzzles that I I do in the morning just to keep the brain stimulated. Uh, It's building shapes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's good for brain work. Uh, if There's a book that I'm reading, like right now, I picked a book off the shelf the other day there called Smile at Fear. And it was written by a Tibetan monk. And I, I hadn't looked at it in years. And I, I looked at it on the shelf the other day. And as it turned out, I was on a call with a client. And her bookshelf had the same book behind her. And she's dealing a lot with her own fears right now and I suggested that she read this book. So I'm reading Smile at Fear at this moment. I'm also working on my public speaking um, talents, skills, whatever you want to call it. So I'm taking a program on that. So I'm usually involved in doing some kind of learning. That takes me up till about seven o'clock in the morning. So between five and seven, there's an awful lot that I like to pack in to that particular time. And then after that, the day gets kind of rolling. I try to work out five days, six days a week. So um, I have a gym buddy. I go in my garage. He goes in his garage. We're on Zoom, period. So that's another piece of my morning routine. Got to be physical.
0: Wow. 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 So I mean, you alluded to like, like books. And again, if you cannot see the video that I'm seeing right now, if you're just listening to the audio podcast, you have essentially four bookcases behind you and all of them are filled to the brim with books. So obviously for our book club, you got to make some recommendations to pull out your book. What are the books you you're reading currently and what books have helped you on your journey?
1: Well, we'll bring out my books to start with, and I will hold this up. This is the first book. It's the fearless factor. Yep. Uh, It was written specifically for women in midlife, but what's in there is applicable to anybody. Uh, I share a lot of my own stories throughout my books and my own journey, and then I invite others to share their stories. So it's a combination of things. The second book from the Fearless Factor um, uh, series, if you like, is At Work. And what this was designed as was a virtual mentor for Managers and others who are really interested in leadership, who I want to understand how to build their their self-confidence, their self-awareness, how to communicate more effectively, how to build trust in themselves, in others, um, looking at how they're um, motivated and what the motivation looks like. Uh, I also talk about dreaming big and, and building your vision and questioning your values and establishing your values. Um, And then I have um, a section here on accelerating your opportunities with goals and uh, goals is my acronym for great opportunities for accelerating leadership success, great opportunities for accelerating leadership success. And that's what this book is really all about. And uh, I, I really, uh, you know, at, at the end of every section, there's, about 10 questions, 7 to 10 questions that are designed, again, to get you thinking about this because you know yourself, you read a lot of these books and you go, yeah, I'll get back to these exercises later. You don't, you just keep moving along and you don't go back and you do the exercises. So at the end of the book on the fearless factor at work, I repeat all the questions that are throughout the book and, and tell you to look for the gaps. Where's, where's the gaps? and and what do you need to be paying attention to? So these are my own personal books. You
0: want to know some more? Great, great. So are there any, what what books would you recommend generally for someone that, like, let's say, just go back maybe 20 years, a book that you may have read to kind of help you get over that hump of fear and step into being fearless?
1: Um... I think Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey was, was a big piece of, of my understanding because what I realized was that I had been on a quest. The Hero's Journey is about someone who goes on a quest and they have to overcome challenges and, and they have to kind of look for, you know, like the Holy Grail is, is a, a hero's journey. You know, you're looking for something specific. A lot of the time I didn't know what I was looking for, but the hero's journey spoke to me in in a big way. He has a quote that I absolutely loved. And it said, the privilege of a lifetime is knowing who you are. Now I read that 20 years ago. The privilege of a lifetime is knowing who you are. Do we really know who we are unless we take time to explore? Because we are, We are an amalgam of different things. And frequently, how we see ourselves and who Mm -hmm. we think we are is based on other people's opinions of of who we are. And that becomes our, our imagery. And I can see you're nodding your head in agreement there because that's the truth of it. So again, how do you get down to the essence of who you are? So that was yeah. a very important be- book for me. Um, for the entrepreneurs out there, there's a great book by Dory Clark, who I truly admire. Um, she's got a book called Entrepreneurial You. And it goes through the various things that one has to think about in becoming an entrepreneur. And she actually started her business about the same time as mine. But she's now, you know, she had a a, a fairly accomplished background before she started it. But she writes regularly for HBR. Um, She's got a a program called Recognized Expert course that I'm actually part of. And um, there's a whole bunch of other things that she does. So I really admire her and I really appreciate her work. The book that I thought, and I'm just going to pull this off. I've been doing a lot of developmental Those are She's rolling
0: back into her library.
1: <laughs> this is a book called An Everyone Culture. And the reason why I'm holding this book up is because for the last few years, I've been doing a lot of behavioral assessments. I'm certified in uh, 360 assessments that measure behavior, scientifically measure behavior. And so I've been doing a lot of work within organizations, and we know most organizations are hugely dysfunctional. You know, it's like, you know, what do all organizations have in common? People. What are the challenges of every organization? People. So how do you address a lot of of these issues that that you need to to do. So, you know, when you talk about being a boss uncaged, it's really about how can you be a great leader? So the everyone culture is about becoming a deliberately developmental organization. And I love this idea of deliberation, deliberately. It's, It's what I talk about. Be deliberate in your change process. Be deliberate in figuring out What's really going to make your life happy? What's going to fulfill you? Because let's face it, none of us wants to get to that wooden box thinking, yeah, that was ho-hum, so what? You want to get to the wooden box thinking, well, I gave it my best shot. In fact, that's why I told my kids when I'm dead, uh-huh. you're going to put a little stone up somewhere that says she gave it her best shot, you know, because that's really all we can we can hope for. But that's, again, that taking the next step, you know, give it your best shot, take the next step. Uh-huh. So I love this book because it talked about organizations that were transparent, organizations that really believed in honesty and uh, creating a psychologically safe space because that's really important. You're not going to be vulnerable. You won't give yourself permission to speak up if you can't feel safe. So this is all about how do you create that safe space. And I huh. wish to God there was more organizations that really embrace this and created that. Cause let's face it, you're spending 80% of your life in the workplace and a lot of it is miserable. <laughs> so, you know, how do we get happy at work? This is true. That, that
0: was a big one. This is, this is very very true. Very 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 true. So I mean, I think like the book choices that you I mean, they're definitely a wide range from mindset to entrepreneurism, and and I definitely appreciate those books. And I'm gonna you know take heed and get my hands on a couple of the ones that you recommended. So going into the like the next question, so books is one thing. So again, it seems like you're a very system oriented person. So what software do you currently use or software that you currently use that you would not be able to do what you're doing without?
1: Um, Well, if I look at my online programs right now, um, we're using something called 360, uh, Rise 360, Articulate, I think it is. Um, where you build courses everybody knows about thinkific you've probably done thinkific courses yourself you know you have the video you have the um the, you know the pdfs and and that's pretty much it um but this program allows a lot of function for me so i have ways in which people can visually interact we've got videos we've got challenges we've got quizzes and so that's um Rise three hundred and sixty articulate. That's that's my main one right now. Um, other types of, of apps that I'm using, um, Trello is good for organizing content, and, and I definitely would recommend uh, recommend that as a possibility. Uh, I'm using a lot of spreadsheets right now. I'll be honest, and I, and to be totally frank with you, I hated spreadsheets for years. I was like ew data and and lines and lines of information you know i have a creative mind i'm like you know Mm -hmm. let me write a book i don't need to put it into to an excel spreadsheet but what i found was that and like i said earlier you asked me to go back to 15 years ago acumen business acumen yeah if i'd had a bit more systems in play at the beginning i might have saved myself a little bit of heartache so uh i have a system that i i I, someone in india created called orderly and uh, it's all about keeping your life ordered (laughs) and it's all in a spreadsheet and you just have to enter the data and i'm you know you gotta be consistent with it but that that's it so I mean, there, there's so many apps out there, frankly, you know, and everybody's got their own preference on them. Um, so that that would, you know, off the top of my head, that's, that's what comes to mind.
0: Great, great. So let's say I'm 50 years old, right? And I'm want to leave corporate America or I'm decided to become an entrepreneur. I'm time traveling back and I'm in your shoes at age 50. And I'm like, what the hell do I do next? What words of wisdom would you give to me to help me cross over and become fearless and
1: continue on my journey? So having been in a safe environment, i.e. you had a check coming in, you had health benefits and you had all kinds of things that, that kind of added up to security in, in your life. Stepping off of that platform into your own space, that in itself, just the impulse to do that is a fearless move right there. So again, courage to take the next step. So if you were saying to me, I'm really done with corporate, I would then say to you, so what is it that really excites you? What is it that really matters to you? So, and it, it, you know, there's a whole plethora of reasons out there as to what that could be, but to take that next step to really say, okay, I'm giving up a paycheck here. I'm giving up the security. What am I going to get in return? There ain't no guarantees. So you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That is it. Get comfortable being uncomfortable while you figure out what needs to be done. I got a client right now who really should leave her organization. She's been with it for 16 years and she's terrified about what's out there. And I like to say to her, there are people, because she's a very prominent uh, person involved with climate change. I said, there are people out there waiting to hear from you. Uh And you have to believe that. Uh And you have to believe that what you have to offer is something important because if it's just chasing after another paycheck yeah eh, it's not enough reason to to do this but if you really feel passionate about something and it's not just about following your passion and the rest will follow that's bullshit as far as i'm concerned i'm a passionate individual but there's a lot of practical details necessary for me to do what i need to do so um i would say get clear on your motivation of why you feel the need to make this kind of shift. And it's not just about, well, I get to work at home more often. Right. Yeah, that's great. I love working at home. And frankly, now that we're in this virtual reality, I can perfectly happily live here. I do not need to get in my car and drive three hours to Palo Alto uh, when the traffic is bad, you know, for 90 minutes of, of a workshop. Uh-uh. Let's just get on Zoom and I'll deliver it. I've got plenty of energy. It works. So, um You know, the the point being is get clear in in your, your vision of what it is that you want to be doing. So in order to be fearless, get comfortable being uncomfortable, take that next step, knowing that it's just the next step and then the next step. Because if you think too far ahead, you'll never do it. You've got to stay right here, right now. What is it about right now that's going to give you the motivation to take that next step?
0: Words directly from the fearless boss herself, man. Definitely words you should definitely listen to and take action on. So how can people find you online? Like what's your Facebook, your Instagram, your website handles?
1: So the website is thefearlessfactoratwork.com, thefearlessfactoratwork.com. I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me under Jacqueline Wales. Facebook's the same, Jacqueline Wales. Uh, I don't do Instagram and I don't do Twitter. Cause um, I only have so many hours in the day, and I can't be bothered with them. Although I've been advised lately that I should be on Instagram, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, one more thing to do. We'll get there. So that's that's pretty much it for my profile.
0: Definitely. Cool, cool. So just going into the, like the bonus round, a couple bonus questions for you, and I, I, this one. Right. I was gonna ask you, if you could be a superhero, who would it be and why?
1: Um, my first reaction to that question is always Wonder Woman. Um she she comes out of this historical background, she's able to time travel, she she has all these capabilities and strengths, and we all love the bracelet that you know stops whatever challenges are coming in. So that would be the automatic one for me. Um you know, if I think we're, we're talking about superheroes, we're looking at Marvel uh, people, you know, uh, the Black Widow. She's pretty cool. She's got a lot going on, you know, hmm. Scarlett uh, nice. Johansson and her thing. Yep. So, yeah, yep. that's about
0: yep. it. So another bonus question for you. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone, dead or alive, uninterrupted for those 24 hours, who would it be and why?
1: You know, I I think it's interesting because I've always felt like Oprah Winfrey and I could have a great conversation for 24 hours. And I know she's like the figure that a lot of people would point to, but uh, with her story and my story and our passion for what we're doing in the world, um, I think we would have an amazing conversation for 24 hours.
0: I, I can definitely concur with that. I could totally see you and Oprah sitting down on like uh, in her huge backyard, drinking like, you know, a margarita or something, having this type of conversation for 24 hours. And it'll probably get really detailed and really insightful as well. So, this is the time of the podcast, like, you know, on this journey of this conversation that you and I have had, you may have dawned some questions that you may want to ask me. So, the microphone is yours. And do you have any questions that you would like to ask, ask me?
1: Well, I, I really appreciate the, the, the conversation we've just had. And so my first question is, what's your greatest challenge right now?
0: My greatest challenge is, I think, like many entrepreneurs like myself, it's time. It's, you know, I have systems in place, and I'm always constantly tweaking and modifying systems to optimize my day even more. And every single time I get a system in place, something else that's going to piggyback on what I'm doing to scale and expand makes me have to update my system again so it's a constant evolution constantly growing and modifying things so for me it's trying to figure out like when is enough going to be enough and honestly I don't think anything is ever going to be enough is going to be enough for me so I'm constantly juggling and modifying on a day-to-day basis.
1: So you realize this is to do with choices, don't you? You know, it's like, what choices are you making? Um, As you say, it's never enough. So, um, you know, what is enough? That becomes a bigger question, isn't it? You know, what is enough? And I'm sure you have some very big goals. So so what is your goal for the next year? Hmm.
0: So the next year, I mean, for, for me, it's it's essentially taking this podcast and expanding. I mean, it's at global scale now, but I want to make it more than just global. I want to be able to get to tens of thousands of individual entrepreneurs, small business owners, and bring them into this system to help educate them on their journeys, to give them insights. Like what you delivered today, it's, you know, somebody has never heard you speak before and they hear you speak now. It's kind of like, where have you been? And the reality is everybody's there. Weeding outlets, more outlets like this to give access to entrepreneurs to tell their stories so that the world can hear it. So my goal is, you know, I have listeners now, but I need more listeners. I need to be on a wider scale. I need to, uh, the irony is I had a podcast earlier today and he was saying like, if, if you're not screaming loud enough to create enough haters to be knocking on your door telling you why you hate you, then you're not screaming loud enough. And that really resonated with me. Is like, I need to scream louder. I need to magnify. I need to make my voice and what I'm doing on this podcast echo around the
1: world. That's that's important, and I can totally relate. Um, I've said to me many times, you are the best-kept secret. I'm like, I, I'm no longer interested in being a best-kept secret. Let's make a lot of noise on the world and let's get it out there. So I love your, your vision. I love where you're going to go with this because you are changing lives, and you are informing people about the opportunities and the possibilities for you know, thinking bigger, being bigger, being more available, giving yourself to the world. That is a gift. And I think one of the things that I'm really loving is that there are so many people with great gifts, and they're starting to have a a much louder voice. So I'm hearing your voice today. I think it's great. So that's, that's my two questions for you today.
0: Definitely. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking the opportunity at out, out your schedule and just being completely transparent and being fearless in dropping so much different information and nuggets about your journey and how you got to where you are and even delivering the message of what you can help people get over. You know, I think you are a hell of a coach and I'm happy that we found each other on this journey. So, again, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show today.
1: My pleasure. Totally. Thank you so much. And I look forward to continuing the conversation at a later date.
0: Definitely. S.A. Grant over. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762-233-BOSS. That's 762-233-2677. I would love to hear from you. Remember, to become a boss in cage, you have to release your inner beast. S.A. Grant, signing off listeners of boss uncaged are invited to download a free copy of our host Sa grants insightful ebook become an uncaged trailblazer learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book